and would not allow himself the slightest temptation of being confused with an entertainer. The strength of this sermon is that it is as relevant and timely in 1998 as it was on February 28, 1954. As we approach the 21st century, how desperately this world needs to rediscover that all reality hinges on moral foundations and that there is a God in the process of all reality. The persuasiveness of King's preaching style is evident in that he appeals to the mind as well as the heart. The legendary Phillips Brooks is reported to have defined preaching as the proclamation of truth through personality. Dr. King's preaching gifts are faithful to that definition. His preaching, early and late, reveals a marvelous wedding of passion and intellect. Some years ago, John Ansborough and his colleagues were developing what became an interesting, though imprecise, philosophical biography of Dr. King. In the course of pursuing their inquiry, they asked this writer, Whose writings influenced Martin Luther King Jr. most? My answer was, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Ansborough confessed that with more than a score of interviews of King's teachers and close associates, no one had offered a similar reply. The basis of Martin Luther King's ministry and mission was the ethics and morality of the crucified carpenter from Galilee. This early sermon validates that assessment, as do all of his later efforts. Despite the now legendary oratorical gifts that King developed in his post-Montgomery career, first and foremost, he was an unapologetic proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus of Nazareth. I want you to think with me this morning from the subject rediscovering lost values, rediscovering lost values. There is something wrong with our world something fundamentally and basically wrong. I don't think we have to look uh, too far to see that. I, I'm sure that most of you would agree with me in making that assertion. And when we stop to analyze the cause of our world's ills, many things come to mind. We begin to wonder if it is due to the fact that we don't know enough. Oh, but it can't be that. Because in terms of accumulated knowledge, we know more today than men have known in any period of human history. We have the facts at our disposal. We know more about mathematics, about science, about social science and philosophy than we've ever known in any period of the world's history. So it can't be because we don't know enough. And then we wonder if it is due to the fact that our scientific uh, genius lags behind 
That is, if we have not made enough progress scientifically, well, then it can't be that. For our scientific progress over the past years has been amazing. Man, through his scientific genius, has been able to draw distance and place time in chains so that today it's possible to eat breakfast in New York City and supper in London. Back in about 1753, it took a letter three days to go from New York City to Washington. And today you can go from here to China in less time than that. It can't be because man is stagnant in his scientific progress. Man's scientific genius has been amazing.